Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 113th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. You would consider us good friends? Oh, I have for the last 113 episodes. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. Really good friends. Glad we're having this conversation now. <laughs> I really thought about it. You're doing great? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. Um, we got a, we got a winning streak going. Mm. Christian McCaffrey's coming back, folks. It's a good time for you. It's a good time for Mizzou fans in general. It's a good time to be alive. Oh, yeah. Weather could be better. Mm-hmm. I kind of lied in the I th- intro when I, I said thought it was beautiful. You might, I thought you might say that. Yeah. But it is pretty cold, cold and rainy. We had those Block M helmets. Ooh, it's beautiful. We'll talk about that in a sec. Gorgeous. We'll uh, talk about that second win in a row in a minute. First, we're going to talk about some news. Uh, just a couple items today. And... Uh, Actually, all I have are two transfer announcements. Well, not really. (laughs) One transfer announcement. Aubrey Miller is transferring. He has entered the portal. He was already opting out. Somebody else already did this too. I can't remember who it was. Uh, Opted out and then transferred. It was CJ Boone. So thank you for remembering. Yes, I couldn't think of the top of my head. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we talked about Aubrey Miller uh, a month ago. Whenever he decided to opt out. Um, you know, kind of a guy that had we had high hopes for coming in and never really lived up to those expectations. Just a lot of good players in front of him the whole time he was here, and he dealt with a lot of injuries and stuff. So hopefully he's able to, to go find some playing time somewhere. And wide receiver Maurice Massey, it uh, was announced on Twitter is where I saw it first that he was arrested and then quickly dismissed from the, the football program. I believe it was an assault charge is what he uh, was being arrested for. That's not good. So he was already opting out as well. He gone. He won't be back. He will not be back. Hopefully uh, hopefully he's okay. Hopefully uh, whoever he assaulted is okay. Yes, all of that. Um, never like to see anything even close to that sort of thing. Uh, so it is unfortunate, but obviously we don't know any details about any of it. All we know is the football side of things, he will not be returning to Mizzou. Um, this other news is related to the Kentucky game. Spoiler alert, it was good for these players. Nick Bolton was named SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Case Cook was named SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. Do you know what those two players have in common, Kyle? Case Cook and Nick Bolton. Yes. Um, I can think of a few things, but probably not what you're thinking of. Go ahead. They are both on the Cameron seven on se- Mizzou football seven on seventeen. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I have um, Micah Wilson. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The dual threat. Yeah, and also uh, neither one of us have Connor Bazelak. True. My, my quarterback is uh, riding the bench for mizzou football so <laughs> yeah that's what i should have asked you is like well what, what's your quarterback doing these days yeah. quarterback situation not so good <laughs> but we got uh sec defensive player of the week and offensive lineman of the week nick bolton's good we predicted that yes that was that was one of our hotter takes of the preseason was the fact that nick bolton was going to be good this year yeah his uh his stats weren't quite what they actually have been earlier this season i think he had like seven or eight tackles but that's because kentucky only ran like 30 something plays yeah so that's they like a third of the plays he was getting a tackle that's pretty good they said in the broadcast he had 17 tackles against tennessee La- uh, yeah and but they ran the ball like fifty-eight thousand times i think yeah. so it gave him plenty of opportunities um let's see here let's just jump right into that uh that kentucky game you got Jump any right other in. news we need to hit? I don't think so. All right. So let's, before we get to the actual game, let's talk about those helmets because that was a surprise. It looked really good. Um, what were, what was the whole lineup we had? Were we uh, black pants, gold jersey? I think so. Black M helmet? Yeah. 
reverse those other two. We already did the gold pants this year, which that's a fan favorite. I would have liked to have seen them put it all together. Mm. I have this image in my head of just that classic, what to me is the classic look. I feel like I, I, I can picture Chase Daniel, uh, Jeremy Macklin, Blaine Gabbert, those three guys off the top of my head with the gold pants, black mm. jersey, block M helmet. I kind of wish they would have just put it all together. Is the M a little bit like smaller or a little bit different than it used to be like maybe 10 years ago? I don't know. looked pretty close. Maybe just like a slightly different gold mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. How do you feel about the, the, the all whites? I always think those like look really cool. Yeah. Maybe for like one game a year or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I could really find much fault in any of the uniform uniform combinations since 2016 yeah or so yeah i'm I'm usually i don't really care all that much to be honest but i typically i think they always look pretty good and i liked some of the unpopular ones in like 2013 2014 when when they first made the the switch to the sec i thought it looked really cool and even some of the like looking back on some of those jerseys with like the gray shoulders that were a different color some of those i'm like yeah i can see that now we're at a better place Mm -hmm. but i was totally fine with those at the time and i don't like cringe at them or anything but yeah i definitely like where we are right now with the uniforms and yeah the last few seasons i think have been top notch Mm. i put them up against any school wow and i'd choose them over any school shocker <laughs> well, we know you like that logo oh yeah so, uh, so do I. yeah all right this kentucky game um i don't want to brag too much but i predicted this low scoring affair you i just did. had the scores flipped a little bit uh first five possessions of this game were punts um speaking of punts uh cade musser yes cade was back there uh <laughs> fielding these punts Mm-hmm. And I think like every single one of them was a fair catch. No, uh, yeah, I think so. No turnovers. Yeah, it's beautiful. So maybe he might we, have won that job. We maybe found our guy there that can just wave his hand and catch the ball. Yeah, that sounds nice. Uh, after the punt fest, Mizzou went on a 13-play, 66-yard touchdown drive featuring Larry Roundtree. He punched it in at the end. Got Damon Hazelton involved early. Bazelak looked good. And after kind of a slow start for both offenses, Missouri's offense picked it up and they were moving the ball and especially moving the ball on the ground with Larry Roundtree. They just kept feeding him and they were perfectly content all game with just taking what the defense would give them and slowly, methodically, but successfully moving the ball down the field. Yeah, it was clear they respected Kentucky's defense coming in especially Bazelak, I think that was a concern that I had. Would how, how would he perform <clears throat> against a better defense? And obviously we knew that he could throw for 400 yards against a terrible defense. We knew that. But uh, could he come in and accept that he's not going to be the focal point of the offensive plan and have the discipline to not just throw deep uh, you know, into double coverage or something like that? Could, could he make good decisions against a really good defense? And he absolutely proved that he could do that. Well, the very first play, they tried the flea flicker again. And I feel like when I saw it happening, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like Again? You're just, yeah, you're asking for trouble. Like, he's just going to bomb it no matter what. I feel like this play is set up for that long pass. Mm-hmm. And apparently it wasn't there. And it didn't phase him. He just turned to the sideline and threw it uh, for a, a, a short gain. And that, I don't know, that just makes me feel so good when I see that. That yeah. it's like <clears throat> I, I start panicking a little bit when I am just – doing the Mizzou fan thing of like looking ahead of how can this even just this one play go wrong. Right. And when you have a flea flicker, you've got lots of time for your brain to be like, Oh, and you can just, you can imagine him just throwing that deep ball no matter what, because yeah. it's a flea flicker and that's what you do. And he just didn't, he just yeah. threw it to the sideline and everything was fine. Right. I mean, they always talk about his, his calmness and his poise, but uh, I truly think that he's shown a lot of maturity as a young quarterback and, 
he's making decisions that I'm not sure Drew Locke ever could make. Uh, and just like take the easy, pa- yeah. easy route, just hit, you know, don't, you don't have to chuck it deep. And, you know, I think he, he came into the game knowing uh, Kentucky can't, has had, a, has forced a lot of interceptions this year up, up to this point. And, you know, I think he even mentioned it in his post game presser, but, you know, he just looked very much like I'm going to make the smart pass all game. And that's what he did. Yeah. You can be uh, poised and calm and still make bad decisions. So him, looking as good as he normally does but then also backing it up with the decision making i'm trying not to get too excited over here but i think i am man. excited <laughs> i think i'm officially excited yeah there, and there were there were half a dozen plays in this game that he made with his arm through the air in tough situations that you ju- were just not really used to seeing like you said even drew lock it was very boom or bust at times with him where if you got into like a third and seven situation it was like well we're either gonna like take the top off and score a touchdown here or we're gonna we're gonna be punting Mm -hmm. for like the fifth time this game and drew lock still kind of does that you know obviously they the broncos played the chiefs this week so this past week so i was watching that pretty closely and he's still kind of that way he's very boom or bust he he likes the big plays and that's what makes him really exciting to watch but um, sometimes, like you said, those those third and intermediate plays can be a little frustrating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Connor Bazelak, I'm I'm really impressed with him. I'm officially very excited uh, after seeing two back to back great performances from him in totally different ways. Yeah. I think I'm excited now <laughs> against and against a legitimately good defense in Kentucky. Now Bazelak didn't like do anything too incredibly crazy. Let me pull up the stats here. Uh. 200 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but 21 of 30 throwing. Right. So still efficient, still finding his guys. What'd you think of Hazleton getting involved early? And, uh, you know, you would have never known that he, or Kiki Chisholm for that matter, you would have never really known watching this game that there was any kind of like depth chart, uh, position battle controversy happening behind the scenes. We'll talk about this a little bit in a minute about, uh, Coach Drinkwitz in his press conferences, but um, I, I mean, he has no problem like completely lying on the depth chart, and you know maybe that was a little bit of motivation, and maybe uh, Hazelton did something during the week to to prove that he is ready to to earn his starting spot back. But you know he's listed as third string on the depth chart, and then he you know he's he's obviously the go to receiver all game. Yeah, he must have done. He must have had some good blocks in practice. There you go. Got a block to get the rock or something like that. Yeah, but I, I was happy to see him obviously be involved early and often. Um, he's probably the the best playmaker um, in our wide receiver room. Um, Jalen Knox would have something to say about that. That's yeah. They're they're different kind of receivers, but definitely. but definitely I I definitely don't want to discredit Jalen yeah. Knox. Uh, Hazelton in this one six receptions for fifty one yards. Uh, obviously, no uh, wide receivers found found the end zone. Bazelak didn't have a touchdown pass um so mizzou took the lead early 7-0 with that uh 13 play drive uh kentucky answered with a field goal mizzou answered back with a field goal um and so the halftime score was 10 to 3 missouri and i think i was impressed with the defense they uh, at some point in here Terry Wilson was benched and I don't know if I'm a Kentucky fan. I think I'm maybe pretty upset with that decision. Looking back on that game. Now, maybe he doesn't come back the way he did and have some success if it weren't for that. But going into halftime, Missouri's defense was just destroying Kentucky. They could, and I always hesitate, especially when, Missouri's playing a conference game against a competent opponent to give all the praise to the defense and not just say, you know, some of that was just Kentucky not playing well at all Mm -hmm. on offense. So there was just the right amount of both of those things for uh, Missouri to hold them to three points in the first half. Yeah. And like 20 yards of offense. Yeah. But Kentucky just literally was not a threat at all um, in this game. And um, was this – did the uh, the non field goal attempt happen before halftime? I feel like I feel like I remember thinking the lead should be bigger now than it is. 
Um, the when did the like that happened? Uh, Missouri's first possession after halftime. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just nothing they were doing was working. Missouri did uh, right before halftime get into the red zone, get all the way to the goal line, and have to settle for a field goal. Okay. They had it, uh, yeah, first and goal at the Kentucky one-yard line. Uh, Bazelak tried to tried to run it in, couldn't get it. Uh, incomplete pass. And then they ran out of time. It was kind of bad clock management there okay. at the very end of the first half. And they had to settle for a field goal when they should have. They had to settle for a field goal on third down yep. when they should have had time to get one more playoff from the one. Yep, you're right. I remember that now. And uh, Coach in his uh, like uh, halftime interview literally just flat out said, I made some errors in my uh, time management, and yeah. that was my bad. We should have scored a touchdown there. Yeah. Um, that's refreshing. That's refreshing see. because he was right yeah. it, at 100%. He, All the fans he, were thinking it, and then you can't really it. be too terribly mad at him when he's like, yeah, I messed up there. You're yeah. like, oh, okay, he realizes. Exactly. Um, I mean, honestly, Kentucky was just that way the whole game. Um, they, they had one successful play, and we talked about it last week, where that's what they'll try to do is kind of lull you to sleep and then hit you with a big play, and that's what they did. But that was truly one of the only successful plays they had on offense the entire game. And, you know, I think they only ran, like, 36 plays. Yeah. Roundtree has 37 carries yeah. in the game. Roundtree has more carries than Kentucky ran plays. Yeah. I mean, Missouri was absolutely suffocating and dominant at every facet of the game. Yeah, so that um, drive you were referencing that happened right after halftime, that was an interesting one. Um, I, I honestly, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. Um I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a 21 play drive. 10 minutes long. Yeah. They go 66 yards, 21 plays, I think get multiple fourth down conversions. Yes. And that was another thing that Missouri was just not scared of Kentucky's offense whatsoever. And they were being ultra aggressive in, uh, on, on fourth down situations. However, um, they get down into the red zone and have an opportunity to put points on the board with a field goal and i know uh, like hindsight is always 2020 you know what the analytics say yeah i was <clears throat> begging them to kick the field goal when it when they got to fourth down in the red zone and i just felt like because that would have made it a two-score game mm -hmm. and that would have just made me as a fan so much more comfortable yeah in a low-scoring game like that, absolutely, I think you want to make it a, a two-score game in late in the third quarter or whatever it was. Um, on that drive, I actually went back and, and looked through the statistics. On that drive, they converted on a third and seven, third and ten, fourth and four, third and two, fourth and six, and third and one. Yeah. And I and I, I mean the the entire drive was just masterful from from really from the get-go. And they did exactly what they wanted to do the entire game. I mean, they just they drained the clock, they controlled the time of possession, they converted on like on every third and fourth down. They were really aggressive, and I feel like Coach just wanted. He knew that drive was just a thing of beauty, okay. and I think he got tantalized by finishing off with, yes. a, with a touchdown. Yes, and uh, he admitted later after the game that was that was a poor decision. Yeah, and he they should have kicked. Yeah, he yeah made two mistakes in this game and owned them immediately after <laughs> each half. Um, I was about to correct you. You said late third quarter, and I was like, late third quarter is it the first. It was literally the first drive of the third quarter. <laughs> Yet it was also late in the third quarter when it finished. <laughs> so yes. I was like, late in the third quarter? But you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, nine minutes and 35 seconds. And the announcers were remarking on it the whole time, like, this is this is not something you see every day. Especially in, like, college football, too. Yeah. I, I just I feel like it's such more, like, up-tempo. Oh, yeah. And it seems like you know in at the college level just weird stuff happens like yeah. it's astonishing that a penalty didn't just ruin the drive for them mm -hmm. or they just fumble the ball or something or or just, like not convert on a fourth and six yeah or one of these plays go for a touchdown at some point right. none of that happened where they just slowly kept moving the ball down the field yeah now i do think i do want to mention the penalties in this game were pretty frustrating at times where first of all Kentucky just 
didn't commit any, apparently, for a really long time. But uh, there were some penalties by Missouri players that were just like, oh, man, just terrible timing where, mm-hmm. you know, the, they couldn't really ever deliver that kill shot that I wanted so bad. And that's probably went into Drinkwitz thinking on that that drive that ended in zero points where he was just thinking, man, if we can put this in the end zone here, that's going to be demoralizing right. for Kentucky. And we can maybe just ride that score to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. In some post-game interviews, I think it was Roundtree that said this, and it was a, probably about that drive. Um, something I've never really thought about, especially being somebody that stopped playing football after like eighth grade, um, but just the human element of football that you don't really think about when you're watching. But he mentioned he could tell that they were they were effective and they were going to win the game based on the look of the Kentucky's defenders, based on the look of in their eyes. He could tell that they were beaten. They were demoralized. They were tired. They had been on the field the whole game. Yeah. And that that was such an interesting perspective that I had, ne- for some reason, I never thought about. Like, you can ju- I can just tell oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to yeah. run over you because I can tell you're just sick of it. Yeah. I mean, if you're, like, you know, playing pickup basketball or something and you're just like, man, this dude is winded and yeah. out of shape and I'm going to score on him whenever I want. Yeah. That's the same concept, I guess. But you do, you're right, though. You just never think about that, that, you know, these players are on the field you know they're feeling these guys try to tackle them or um not get through blocks and stuff like that and just if you're a team that's kind of sensing that you've got the upper hand for for whatever reason these guys didn't come to play that's got to be a great feeling and when you put it all together and execute knowing that then you end up with a win mm-hmm. Missouri's time of time of possession in this game was like 43 minutes to Kentucky's a lot less. Yeah. Let me look it up really quick. Like three minutes. Three minutes, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Kentucky's 16 minutes. Total yards, Missouri 421, Kentucky 145. It's honestly astonishing that Missouri only won this game by 10 points. Yeah. When you look at truly like how badly they beat them in every every way, this game really should have been been not as close uh, score-wise. Yeah. And uh, uh, but Kentucky does have a, a decent defense to where, you know, they did force Missouri to kind of take little bits at a time as far as yardage goes. Mm-hmm. And they're really good in the red zone too. Yeah, red zone defense. Yeah, and yeah, we were talking about that during the game that no matter what Missouri was doing, once you got into the red zone, it was a challenge still every single time to get points. Less ground to cover. That's what they say. <laughs> uh, Terry Wilson was back, folks, at some point, and uh, late in the game, Kentucky did answer with a touchdown of their own. Uh, they kind of made it look a little too easy there on that touchdown drive. I think it was like a 27-yard pass that uh, was the final score of that drive. Um, so they started maybe trying to mount a little bit of a comeback um missouri on their drive their next drive didn't do anything punted the ball and it was kind of making me think like okay we just drove for 87 minutes and got zero points kentucky answers with a touchdown they've got some momentum we could have used that field goal earlier yes we're punting the ball back now only up one score but uh kentucky just went three and out missouri's defense stepped up and I don't know, it's so it's so weird when you're scarred by just watching teams mount comebacks and execute late in games to watch Missouri just calmly force the three and out against an offense that just scored pretty easily right. on them. We're used to seeing Missouri completely fold in yeah. that situation. Uh, Missouri did then make a field goal to make it 20 to 10 and uh sealed the deal with a late kentucky fumble and then they just missouri just ran out the clock so 20 to 10 was the final missouri what's their record now two and two are they the best two and two team in the country (laughs) i don't know if i'm ready to say that but i'd have to see a list of who else is two and two but i actually do think missouri is a top 25 team in the country right now i i think that they are, are i think I understand why they are not, why they don't have a, a number next to their name right now, but 
I really do think that they're they're good enough to be considered for that right now. And uh, I, I don't know. I was really impressed by by what they have accomplished in the last two weeks. The contrast of the teams they played, the contrast of the uh, the plan that they had going into these games, and just night and day. Yeah. And how they executed so well both times. I mean, I was I was blown away. Yeah. By the way they executed, and by uh, like the ability of the players and the coaches to not only come up with this plan but to execute it perfectly was fantastic. Yeah. In the moment, I was trying to decide. Obviously, the LSU win was was special, but I was almost more happy about the outlook of this season. And maybe that's easy to say because now it's a second win instead of just one win. But I was, I'm, it sounds dumb the more I go into it. Of course, you're going to be more excited the more you win. But I don't know. There was something about showing that this wasn't a one-time thing against a bad LSU defense. You know, coming back against a decent Kentucky team, their strength is defense. Winning in two different kind of ways, I think is really encouraging. And not only that, completely opposite ways. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I honestly can't say enough about how happy I am that Coach Drinkwitz is is leading this program right now because I just – I'm not sure. I've I've seen, uh, like, many more impressive performances from from a coaching staff and what they've done this season. The the expectations – of what we had coming in and what they are now are really, really different in a good way. And, you know, I, we knew coach Drinkwitz could recruit. We were excited about what he'd done on the recruiting trail. And, we, but now I, I truly feel like he is a very capable coach and in game coach. He owns his mistakes, but the, just the very noticeable plan coming into the game and then the execution, yeah. it's just phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit previewing the game what we would hope to see from Missouri. You know, what could they do to win this game? And they basically just went out and did everything that we talked about that would allow them to be in the driver's seat. They basically were Kentucky, uh, except better than Kentucky is Kentucky. Yeah. (laughs) They played their game, and they did it better. And I specifically said in the preview that I was worried that that's, that's the only thing you can do in this matchup if you're Missouri I said you have to beat Kentucky at their own game yeah and I was very skeptical that they would be able to do that they proved me wrong there are including Missouri five two and two teams in college football wow well this is gonna be easy then okay. uh three in power five conferences and all three of them are in the SEC oh my gosh really <laughs> <laughs> okay so who were the other SEC teams uh LSU and Arkansas so oh, well, I guess e- they are then. Easy. The other two are Charlotte and Georgia State. Well, I don't know anything about them, so they're Me neither. They're, they Will suck. Healy at Charlotte. Oh, we do know that. He's considered for the. Uh, I don't know how much he was considered. His name was f- floating about. Um, is he still there? Yeah, I, th- I think he is. Um, let's talk about LSU for a second, really quick. Uh, they looked like relevant again this past week. They destroyed the team they played. Somebody. Um, South Carolina. Thank oh, yeah. you. They destroyed South Carolina, and the, with their backup quarterback playing. I'm so, pretty sure I picked South Carolina. Uh, yeah, you did. Mike Bobo, we'll let you down. We'll get to that later. But um, LSU looked like a team that could completely fold. I mean, they've got some off the field stuff going on. Uh, I don't know how much that affects players in a game, but that's certainly something that could be a distraction. They just got beat by Missouri. You know, and so I I, ex- I thought that them kind of just falling off the map this season was completely a possibility, and they looked like a pretty good team. Yep. So I think that makes Missouri's win look even better, like potentially looks better now than it did then. Yeah, keep winning LSU. Uh, Got to talk about Larry Roundtree a little bit more. I would he love to talk about Larry He is now second all-time in Mizzou history for running back rushing yards for the, for a career. So uh, we – and we – fully expect him to be the new running back rushing career rushing leader in Mizzou history nobody's ever going to touch Brad Smith I was looking at okay this I'm going to go off on a little bit of sidebar here uh NCAA 14 video game 
I made Christian McCaffrey, put him on Stanford, okay. of course, and junior season broke all the records. 3,000 total yards, uh, 37 touchdowns, nuts. It's a good season. But I noticed, creeping up on the all-time rushing yards leader in NCAA football history, and it's like 5,000-something, Brad Smith, 4,289 rushing yards in his career. I, I, wanted to, I meant to look up where that sits all-time. That's just nuts. You know, we were obviously pretty young when Brad Smith was playing in, at Mizzou. I'm not sure, at least I personally, I'm not sure I truly understand how good Brad Smith was. Like, how incredibly good he was yeah. as the quarterback. Yeah. 4,000 rushing yards. Yeah, that's nuts. What? Yeah. Yeah. You just never see that. Yeah. And also that, I mean, that kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, having four full seasons as a starter. Right. And a coaching staff that would just let you loose right he and was truly a program changer for like the do you remember watching him play for the jets a little bit he played for the jets for a little while and i think now as a wide receiver right yeah and i think he he kind of was a punt return specialist for a little while they've got a smith who's number 16 that's a wide receiver now and i've seen a couple highlights of him and like oh my gosh brad smith still he's back he's still doing it <laughs> anyway larry roundtree uh, he, he didn't, he had a couple runs where it was like, oh man, he could have just broken that for yeah. a touchdown and just barely got tripped up, um, like at the linebacker level, but he looked really good. Uh, there was one moment late in the game where he like was waving off a sub, like they, he kind of got up slow and you could tell the coach, they even showed Drinkwitz, I think like motioning for him, like, uh, are you good? No, get out of here, get out of here. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, no, I'm staying in. But uh, the coaching staff ended up having their way, and uh, Beatty went in for that play. But, yeah, he wanted every snap. He wanted every carry. And, 37. Uh, yeah. I've never heard of anything like that. Um, I I just really appreciate, I guess, Larry Roundtree, not only his, his ability to be good at football, but just seemingly like his leadership qualities, his durability. I mean, these are some intangibles that maybe go unnoticed sometimes, but – um, you know, he and Nick Bolton both are just like incredible leaders for this team. Like, it's just going to sound really sunshine pumpy just this entire episode, but like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm guess I'm really thankful for, for those guys and like what they mean to the team. And obviously it's going to be sad to see both of them probably leave after this season, but, um, whether they're playing football or, or whatever the case is, they're just some really special guys and I'm really happy they're on, on Mizzou's team. Yeah. <laughs> The NFL should probably uh, up the age uh, one year, so uh, Nick Bolton has to come back to Missouri. There you go. Just kidding. Go make some money. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let me just look over the box score, make sure I didn't miss anything worth talking about. Uh, Jalen Knox looking good, as as usual, this season. Uh Tyler Beatty's a great uh, change of pace, too. I mean, even when Larry Roundtree was out of the game, it felt like there wasn't a whole lot of drop-off. Yeah. And we'd, we've known that. It's so crazy that uh, <laughs> that's just an interesting stat here. Missouri, Missouri's defense, whole team, 27 total tackles. <laughs> Kentucky's defense, 81 tackles nick bolton had seven of the 27 yeah and one of the two tackles for loss and a quarterback hurry (laughs) (laughs) i i just like i i can't say it enough i just i've never seen a game like that before where one team just dominates so much in like every way yeah, including the final score, I agree with you. I've I've seen I feel like I've seen a couple Mizzou games. I'm specifically thinking of one against South Carolina, where they dominated every aspect of the game except maybe turnovers, and ended up losing. And it was just like, ha. was that the like monsoon year? I can't remember. I think it was the Debo Samuel. Oh. Uh, year where he returned the kickoff, and yeah. it was just like awful after that. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like 
yeah, obviously they have a, there's a special team score, so that's and not Eli, the offense doing anything. And Eli Drinkwood's team would have bounced back. I sure hope so. <laughs> it seems like it. I I hate that it always comes to this, but in my mind, like I always think like Barry Odom team could never, <laughs> could could never like orchestrate this plan, bounce back from some of the things we bounce back. It's just our last year's team could never do some of the things we've already seen in four games this year. How long? Am, am I wrong? Uh, you're not wrong. Absolutely not wrong. How long do we have one uh, Coach Walters in Missouri? How long have we had him? Yeah. How long will we have him? Oh. I'm scared. I, I, I hope that he just – I know he's probably perfectly capable of being a head coach. I hope that he just really likes being a defensive coordinator. There's, you know, there's a few guys out there that really love being a coordinator really love their side of the ball i mean he's always been seen as an up-and-comer i yeah. think and um there was know, those rumors about uh him going home to colorado yeah this past off season that's true it, w- it was a great move to retain him and i thought that at the time too that it was great to have he, some consistency on the part of our team that was already good yeah he was probably the only person on the coaching staff that i was like i will be pretty upset about losing him yeah and there were some other guys that we retained that I was happy about. Right. But there was nobody else that I was like, just going to be a little bit distraught right. to see them going elsewhere. Yeah. Barring uh, like Mizzou's defense somehow takes a step back. I, I would not be surprised to see him leave really at any point um, after this season, but hopefully not. Yeah. Uh, Producer Cameron, you got some stats for us? Uh, Yeah. Brad Smith is number 99 on the all-time college football rushing list how many players have over five thousand rushing yards a um, lot 25 yeah i wonder how many of those in the it's, top 100 are quarterbacks yeah that'd be interesting to know it, it's obviously pretty pretty stacked up there and what you got yeah a hundred guys all within a thousand yards of each other i wonder where i wonder how many rushing yards like lamar jackson had that's like might be kind of a comparable like running quarterback Mm-hmm. Um, Ron Dane has seventy one hundred rushing yards. What? Wow! Oh. I guess it. That's NCAA, a lot. NCAA football video game must be mistaken. <laughs> Man, I thought that was a first name that you were giving me, Ron Dane. I thought you were about to tell me like Ron Dane Smith, Ron Dale Moore. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> Ron Dane. Congratulations. But, um, <laughs> at number. 113 is Lamar Jackson. So oh, there you go. Oh, wow. He had more than Lamar Jackson yeah. for whatever that's worth. I Lamar Jackson just like something special about the way he runs. Like he's so elusive. Yeah. Yeah. In a not disparaging way, he runs like a running back. Pretty much. Or like a punt returner. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I, you know, he's still a good quarterback. So no offense intended. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, the only thing that would make this better is if, you know, Missouri could really actually get a number next to their name if they were able to knock off Florida this week. Well, Dan Mullen said he voted for Missouri to get a number next to their name this week. Well, he better have. And that's just some politics probably yeah. because uh, obviously you want the team you're playing to uh, to have to be yes. ranked in the top 25. But yeah. he, he, he may yeah. really think that, though. Yeah, basically put, yeah, put all the – the entire SEC East minus Vanderbilt. Yeah, you you could like m- do some real SEC bias and say that they deserve a ranking. I thought Kentucky might be worthy of a top twenty-five ranking before this week. I really I thought they could they could be ranked coming yeah. into the Missouri game. It's interesting with the way the schedule is this year. No, none of these teams have had a chance to kind of pad their wins a little bit with some non-conference games. Yeah. So they're all beating each other up so much. But right. I mean, every conference is going to have that to some extent, except maybe the big 12 they had some non-conference games maybe the acc did too but um yeah it's gonna be a weird season for polls and everything i mean everything's gonna be weird but oh yeah with like all everybody starting at different times and stuff it's already been weird yeah yeah there was teams that had played four games and others that had played zero until very recently um missouri had 25 votes in the coaches poll others receiving votes thanks dan yeah. They'd be about 36th if all of those numbers were counted. Sounds so. about right. Sounds about right. Well, 
you will not be able to keep them out of the top 25 if they beat Florida. That's correct. Are they going to do it? Probably not. <laughs> uh, Florida's been pretty good. Uh, we were both pretty high on them. I mean, pretty much everybody was um, with Georgia's quarterback situation, which they've now solved. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, uh, Florida was the trendy pick to represent the East in the SEC championship. Yeah, we both picked that. Um, they are 2-1 and one this year. They beat Ole Miss and South Carolina but lost to Texas A&M at Texas A&M. That was the slightly controversial um, kind of full stadium game (laughs) Uh, where Dan Mullen wasn't too happy. He's been in the news quite a bit this season already. He has. uh, Voicing his opinions on various things, and uh, he was not quiet about the fact that he did not like seeing so many fans at Kyle Field, even though he has two players named Kyle on his team. (laughs) I got to say, it's really hard for me not to root for them. Oh, yeah. Just all those Ky- – the power of the Kyles, man. I can understand. Uh, Kyle Trask, uh, he's a Heisman candidate. I'll say it. He's good. Yeah. I Hot take. I don't know what other people are saying about him, but uh, he's right at 1,000 yards passing, 14 touchdowns, only one interception, and half of those touchdowns have gone to Kyle Pitts. Yeah. So the Kyle tight end. Yeah. Tight end. Yeah. He'll be probably a first round pick in the NFL draft this year. He's doing some like Albert O type stuff on steroids here. 17 receptions, seven touchdowns. That's pretty That's nuts. nuts. Yeah. I think uh, he had four in one game. Yeah. Their, their, their opener against Mississippi or Ole Miss that he had four touchdowns yeah. and also 170 yards. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a lot. Um, you know, Florida really hasn't played a truly, really good team yet. Uh, they've played Ole Miss, they played Texas A&M, and they've played South Carolina. None of those th- three teams terrify you. Um, Texas A&M obviously was the best team they played, and they lost. I think it. I, you know, I I think it'll be interesting. I, I I think I really hold Florida in high standards because of their offensive fi- firepower, but some of the defenses they've played are pretty questionable. And, uh, you know, it would be really interesting whenever Florida has to play in Alabama or a Georgia or something like that to see how they hold up. Yeah, or wish, Missouri. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish we could have seen um, them play LSU because uh, that right. would have been a common opponent and we would have had maybe a little bit of insight into how Missouri might fare. When they do play lsu they are gonna score 70 plus points yeah they're gonna pull a clemson <laughs> they're, they're, i just about to say that they're gonna pull a clemson georgia tech yeah uh they play georgia on november 7th right uh, the week after this mizzou matchup so again would have been nice to see them play them before this you still kind of, I mean, obviously you're scared of their offense, but you got to like Mizzou's chances, just the fact that Missouri has a good defense. Yep. Got to like that a little bit. Um, and you have to like the way the offensive coaching staff has been game planning. Um, I mean, we talked about it a ton already. Florida is easily going to be the best team Missouri has played so far. They're going to be, well, no, they, <laughs> Missouri played Alabama. I forgot about that one. I kind of erased that out of my mind. Yeah. But, uh, and also it feels like a year ago that they played Alabama. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see what the game plan is for this one because, you know, the past two games that Missouri's won, they're playing teams with very discernible weaknesses and exploiting those weaknesses. And they did that very well. Florida doesn't really have weaknesses. They're, they're good in all fronts. They're really good, obviously in offense, but they're still very good defensively too. And so the keys to the game aren't quite as obvious as they've been um, in the past two games. Yeah, I'm looking at how uh, Texas A&M was able to get it done. And in that game, Texas A&M's quarterback threw for 338 yards and three touchdowns and uh, was incredibly efficient, 25 of 35. And then their top running back carried the ball 27 times for 174 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, it's, it's going to have to be more balanced. You know, in LSU, we threw the ball a ton. Against Kentucky, we ran the ball a ton. It's, I think it's going to have to be a more balanced attack because we can't just in, – in some of these other games, we it just didn't matter. Like, we kind of showed our hand and it didn't matter. Um, that's not going to be the case against Florida. Going to have to get creative. Going to have to switch it up. 
Uh, Producer Cameron, on your pick'em sheet, do you have the line for this game? Um, no. Just uh, it was. It opened up as Florida as a, re- a pretty big favorite. I don't know what it's at now. So, are you thinking um, potentially we're looking at some semblance of a shootout? It's possible. Um, it, it, I, it'll be a lot high, more high scoring than this past week. That's for yeah. sure. Um, we know Missouri can offensively can hang with with a team. Yeah. Um, Florida is a thirteen point favorite. Man, that's pretty big. Yeah. I, I really think Missouri has a really good chance to to cover that. I I think it, it will be potentially a pretty close game. What percentage do you give Missouri to pull this off? If they play a hundred times, Missouri wins. 30 of them i was gonna say 25 30 yeah i think i think that's fair um a lot is going to be riding on martez manual tyree gillespie how can how can we minimize kyle pitts in this game obviously kyle trask they're gonna score yeah uh that's just that's gonna happen he's gonna get his he they have a lot of weapons on offense but can we you know we, we got burned by lsu's tight end a lot and so We've played some really good players this year, and those really good players have shown why they're really good players. We haven't really been able to minimize the superstars so far. So I, I would love to see the Mizzou safety shut down Kyle Pitts. I don't know that you can shut him down, but uh, maybe keep him from scoring multiple touchdowns would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking still at the that A&M game, and he was only had five receptions for 40-something yards and a touchdown, um, and they had another receiver go for almost 100 so you can overcome that yeah um but i don't think that i think dan mullen is a very good offensive coach and i think kyle trask has been incredible i just don't see how you slow down the passing game complete or like very much at all yeah. honestly if you're missouri so i think that missouri actually doesn't cover the spread they lose by 14 something like 34 to 20 i think yeah, it's perfectly reasonable I, I think they'll probably lose in the 10 point range it'll probably i i i think florida will score a lot i think it'll be more like 41 to 31 or something like that but i i do think florida wins this game am i shocked if missouri pulls this off probably not but man if if I think I'm encouraged now, yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> I can't even. I don't even want to think about it because no. I don't want to get my hopes up. But um, it will truly be next dimension <laughs> if if Missouri can can pull this off, or really, you know, even do some encouraging things. If they if they can slow down Florida's offense, I think I'll be really encouraged. Yeah, there's not a whole lot the offense could do in this game to sway me, Missouri's offense, to make me think anything too terribly different than what I think right now. Um, the defense absolutely could like take things to another level if they if they can show that the LSU game was a fluke and that they're not going to just let teams run up and down the field on them with any regularity then I will be very impressed and feel really good about the rest of the season mm-hmm. um, and think that, you know, I already think that Missouri should be able to be in every game yeah. the rest of the way. I agree. If they if the defense shows up in a special way against Florida, then obviously I'll have even higher hopes. So Dan Mullen in his press conference earlier this week did not want to disclose – uh, who could potentially miss this game uh, for Florida? He said they're going to have 53 players. They've had a lot of COVID issues. They had six more players test positive yesterday, I think. I haven't heard anything else about that. So it's very possible that they're without some key guys. We just don't know. He didn't go into those details. Therefore, Coach Drinkwitz did not go into any details about who we have injured. I do, if I'm going to speculate, I think we could be without a couple offensive linemen this week because we had uh, Zeke Powell, uh, I believe leave the game last week and I think Larry Borum maybe got banged up a little bit as well so we could be down a couple offensive linemen Florida really likes to put the pressure on um, hopefully that doesn't turn into an ugly situation I hope that our offensive line can continue to hold up like they have been really well so far 
But it, it, it will be interesting to see who both teams just roll out there on Saturday. Yeah. I don't think that there's going to be any radical changes for either team, but it would not surprise me if Florida is without um, some, some starters. Yeah, I think, I mean, as much as I'd like to rail on uh, Dan Mullen for, you know, not really divulging much information, I think as far as with COVID specifically, that's pretty par for the course. I mean... He cited some medical laws or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... uh, Do I think he's using that as an excuse to not divulge anything? Absolutely. But at the same time, I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack because it's not like he's just withholding all information. He is, but in a normal season, then yes, I would have a bigger problem with it if, if he's just like saying... Yeah, I'm not telling you anything about this guy's ankle or this guy's shoulder. Or, you know, we'll mm-hmm. just if they play, they play. Yeah. Then I would have a much bigger problem with it. But I don't know. Is is it really necessary for him to detail the COVID situation with his entire roster? Probably not. But yeah, I'm not mad about it yeah. or anything. But uh, so, so Coach Drinkwitz kind of doing what he did whatever it's fine yeah probably i won't read too much into it but i don't know gotta love some uh some coaches with personality though yeah (laughs) yeah definitely not short on that in this matchup um did you see uh coach stoops of uh kentucky say something like um basically it was uh the Mizzou fans took it as him making an excuse that Missouri got an extra week to prepare for Kentucky. He mentioned that uh, he could see, he could picture Coach Drinkwitz uh, having, using that extra week and hearing about the five-game losing streak to Kentucky that that would really, you know, kind of give him some extra fuel. And he, did, he, you know, made sure to point out that extra week that he had to really think about Kentucky I mean was it a bad thing for Missouri no <laughs> but but also we didn't know we were playing Kentucky exactly that you know right right away that's true they didn't really have the ability to use the yeah. the whole extra week right to prepare to prepare for Kentucky specifically yeah it sounded a little bit a little salty a little sour grapes as the kids say yeah <laughs> a little bit like Dan kids Mullen. don't say that <laughs> uh we're both predicting a loss against Florida that will be the third game in a row that we've predicted a loss. Fourth, fifth game in a row that we predicted a loss. We did. We predicted a loss against Kentucky. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and they surprised us. So I, th- I say we just predict losses the rest of the way. There you go. And it's all about expectations, right? Yes. For a Mizzou fan, it very much is. <laughs> Got to manage those expectations. Paves the way for pleasant surprises. Yes. Somehow it doesn't help with the heartbreak as much as you would hope, but whatever. I don't know how that works, but um, Kyle, there was something before we started recording that you said we'll save it. Was that? Oh the- yeah, uh, it's kind of random now in the, oh. in this situation, but I'll still ask you. Um, you mentioned the Big Ten. You mentioned the Big Twelve yeah. uh, before we started recording, and I've thought about this before. Yeah, would you? As a fan, not as an administrator, as a fan, would you restore the Big 12 and send Mizzou back and you know all the teams that left? Would you, would you go back to how it was 10 years ago for, right, from right. an entertainment standpoint? Yeah, I remember you saying that now. I, uh, yeah, a little peek behind the curtain here. Sometimes before we hit record, we'll start talking about something, and now we have the line, save it. Producer Cameron will say, save it, or one <laughs> of us will say, save it. And then we'll just be like, okay, we got to talk about that when we're actually recording and it's worth something. Um, I legitimately couldn't remember what it was, though, uh, until you just said it just now. So I'm glad I asked. But thinking, I said before we started recording, I would not change it. I would keep it how it went with Missouri in the SEC. And I stand by that. I, I did think about it a little bit more and... No, I have no desire to go back to make things how they were in the Big 12. Why is that? Well, part of it is Missouri is getting to play Kansas anyway. So the thing that I missed most about playing in the Big 12, we hope is going to happen no matter what, at least 
it's on the books even though it's not gonna happen this year it's on the books to happen in basketball and it's it's gonna happen eventually in football too so that was the thing i missed most i absolutely don't miss playing nebraska of all people of all schools i'd play him now didn't want to 20 years ago sure (laughs) yeah honestly i would i'm more i would be happier staying in the i mean that's probably just having your cake and eating it too but staying in the sec and having some old rivalries renewed from time to time seems like the perfect setup for missouri moving forward from a fan standpoint even i have this tendency as a as a person in general to look to be very nostalgic you guys probably know that about me i like to look back on things very fondly even things that maybe i didn't enjoy in the moment like high school is a great example i remember being in high school i'm like i hate this this is awful and looking back on it i'm like man those were the days you know i didn't have any responsibilities (laughs) just go home play video games you know whatever that i i miss those days now kind of i look back on them fondly i think i i do this with the big 12 a little bit you know I, i look back on those days very fondly you know we were probably a little bit better in some of the sports than we are now we've had some rough years in the sec but um I'm not sure I would I would totally restore it though, um, even though I we have a lot of good memories and um, I think fondly of, of some of sometimes in the Big Twelve, but you yeah. know it, it gets old hearing people say Missouri doesn't belong in the ACC, all that stuff. It really does. It's kind of a troll argument. That yeah. It gets exhausting, but I I think Missouri's gonna get spot. Yeah, and I know some people would probably even argue that Missouri probably belongs in the Big Ten. More so, more than the SEC, than the SEC. Yeah. and I could probably, I probably would have been argument. one of those people that would would have thought that that made more sense At when conference realignment was happening. Yeah, but just for me right now to picture Oklahoma and Texas, yeah, and as you, a fan, you don't want to be in a conference with Texas. As a fan, I want nothing to do with either one of those programs. Yeah, like though I wouldn't mind if Missouri never played those two schools again in anything ever. I would not miss that at all. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear uh, what you guys think. I mean, anybody listening, you know, you're welcome to to tell us we're dumb for not wanting to go back to the Big 12. I understand. I'm sure there's there's arguments that make sense mm-hmm. for wanting to restore how things were back in the day. Kyle and I are very like minded, so you might have to yeah give us know, the, give us the counter argument. Insert your yeah counter argument below or on Twitter or wherever. You ready to pick some games? I'm ready. Take it away, producer Professor Cameron. <laughs> Alrighty. So last week you both got three points. Exciting. So Kyle has twenty-three <laughs> and Cameron has twenty. So it's still did, a three did, point difference. Did we get all the same points? No, no. we picked different games. Um you picked Auburn, Cameron. Not yeah. not Ole Miss and Auburn you picked Auburn to beat Ole Miss and, and that, they, and they that did. happened yeah, yeah, I so picked okay. Ole Miss and which there was a very controversial call in that game I don't know if you heard about it there was like a a punt where uh the Auburn receipt uh the person receiving the punt it like bounced and he touched the ball it like clearly hit his finger and they reviewed it and everything and said that he didn't touch it wow. and so Ole Miss would have re- recovered and scored a touchdown but it didn't count and I think the re- I think they the SEC has come back and said that that was an error on the referee's part, and that was like a massive missed call. How, how can you get a review? They wrong? reviewed it. You could see the finger bend back. How, how does looking at it days later at the SEC head office? How are they able to determine that in any way that they're not able to by looking at it for a few minutes on the field or mm-hmm. where or it? I don't know who. I, I have no idea, but that's really frustrating for Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin came out publicly uh, uh criticized the referees and i knew this fined, part of it was fined twenty five thousand dollars sheesh and then i believe continued to make fun of them even after he was fined on yeah. twitter he said who has twenty five thousand pennies oh right, and he did right. the math wrong and he said two hundred fifty thousand pennies <laughs> and then he still did the math wrong he said and then he corrected himself a third time and said 2.5 million pennies <laughs> in reference to his fine yeah which is great but anyways congratulations uh, on, your, on your win <laughs> Um, and then the other game was South Carolina and LSU. Kyle picked LSU. My Bobo. Couldn't get it done for you. Yeah. <laughs> Just whatever. However I pick the South Carolina game, if you're listening, pick the opposite. <laughs> okay. 
so this week our first game is number five Georgia at Kentucky. Georgia is a fourteen and a half point favorite. Georgia by a million. Yeah, I would have thought the spread would actually be bigger than that, but I guess Kentucky is a good defense, so no bounce back for the Wildcats. No. Game number two is LSU at Auburn. LSU is a three-point favorite. Jeez, you know what, what a weird game I, that is. That is a weird game. I've picked against Auburn like almost every game this year, <laughs> and sometimes it's paid off, sometimes it hasn't. I and think Auburn's the underdog in this. Where's it being played? At LSU? At Auburn. At Auburn. They're a home underdog to LSU. Mm-hmm. I'm picking Auburn. All right, give me LSU. <laughs> I know Kyle wanted to pick Auburn there. I really didn't at all. <laughs> really? Where were you going with that? I have picked against Auburn every every, every week, and I will and continue. I'm gonna do it again. That's exactly what you did earlier about something. You, you were like framing something. I said, "Oh, is when I I asked you if you wanted to restore the, to the Big Twelve. You're like, I thought about it, <laughs> and I still am going to stand by my decision. So <laughs> yeah. I'm pulling the same trick. Okay, it's a good diversion. <laughs> okay, game number three, Ole Miss at Vanderbilt. Ole Miss is a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. Ole Miss by a million. I agree. I picked Ole Miss a lot this this year so far. 16-and-a-half-point favorite. That's a lot. Vanderbilt's bad. They bad. Game number four, Mississippi State at number two, Alabama. Alabama is a 31-point favorite. Oh, <laughs> Mississippi State's had, like, an exodus of players. I think yes, had, I saw that. Uh, like, Kylan Hill is, like – opting out and going to the nfl draft he's like their star running back yeah so th- this is a, this has already been a long episode but i'm gonna take us on a slight tangent again okay i told you before we started recording i watched a video of like sec or not just sec but college football coaches losing their cool <laughs> and it showed of course mike leach losing his mind on a texas tech locker room back in the day um, and then posting a meme yeah but he was very upset and I could totally see him coming to a new team and rubbing all the players the wrong way. And so when I saw that several players were transferring out, I immediately remembered that video of him just chewing everybody out. And I thought, He'll well, do that. yeah, and with the way they've been playing this year, he uh, probably hasn't been too happy in the locker room. So that honestly doesn't surprise me a ton. He's an interesting cat. Yeah. Game number five, Arkansas at number eight, Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Number eight, wow. I don't think A&M's that great, to be honest. I don't think they're the eighth-best team in the country. They did beat Florida. I think that was a little lucky for them. You've been low on them all year. I have. i got to stay on brand, but I don't know if i got to stay on brand that much. It's Arkansas. I think actually that could be a really close game, but I'm going to pick A&M. The only Arkansas beat Mississippi State, who sucks. Yeah, they do. Uh, Ole Miss, who doesn't suck at that much, and then a close game against Auburn. And Auburn's overrated, though. True. They played Georgia. It was not close, thirty-seven to ten. Was close in the first half. True. I remember that. I think you should pick Arkansas. Who are they playing again? Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Who's a fraud? <laughs> a fraud, <laughs> Kyle says. I'll pick them in this game, but they're a fraud. <laughs> There's no way I'm picking Arkansas. Okay. Where's it being played? Texas A&M. Kyle, Kyle Field. Field. <laughs> they're going to pack it. <laughs> Texas A&M by a million. They're going to pack Kyle Field. That'll do it. No, bre- no Nebraska. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. The Big Ten is back, folks, I thought. Uh, they are. Psych. Wisconsin is not back home, folks, because <laughs> COVID. So Nebraska played one game. Yep, got blown done. out of the water. Well, actually, they, they did okay. Did they? In the first half, they did okay. They've Second got, half. They've got a McCaffrey. They, our, Nebraska plays one game, and then the, the season's over. It's done, <laughs> like, I guess. They're not playing again, I'm calling it. 21-day thing for the Big Ten. That's so outrageous. It is outrageous. Yeah. So it's unfair. Graham Mertz just, and... Just put uh, another tick in the outrageous column for the Big Ten. Yeah. They, thank goodness Missouri's not in the Big Ten. Jeez. Oh, man. Yeah. You got room for one more? One more what? Team, P- in, the team in the SEC. SEC. Yeah, bring them in. 
we get a whole SEC North going on. Mm. Like that. Man. Well, we'll see you next time, Nebraska. See you never. Yeah. See you never. Well, guys, I think that wraps things up. So. Felt really good to talk about Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Got a big game coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, one more thing I need to say. If you happen to be listening, probably not, but I need to give a special shout-out to username Daniel Dangelis. It's the best I'm going to do on that. Okay. YouTube commenter Okay. said after the LSU game on the episode we previewed the LSU game, offense looked good in the YouTube comments. What's special about it is his profile picture, one Christian McCaffrey. We've got a Panthers Mizzou fan out there just like me. Oh my. Who commented on the YouTube video. So I had to give that special shout out. Wow. That you guys just are like you. Best friends. Just like me. That's very special. Thank we you, do Daniel. Exist. Is that why you wore the jersey today? There's dozens of us. Um no, he's back, folks, he's off back. of IR. But probably not gonna play this Thursday night. I wouldn't it'd be surprising if he yeah, did. Yeah, we're gonna probably we, shouldn't. me and Cameron play each other in fantasy next week, so that means uh, McCaffrey's gonna go off for like thirty five points. Oh yeah. Welcome back. And all right, everybody, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. And watch the video on YouTube. Leave us a comment. I might talk about it next time. Never know. Never know. You can find t shirts, stickers on our little online shop, Missouri Sports Pod. Big Cartel.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. After a win.